The Young and the Monstrous, a story of kids just trying to get out of high school and keep their monsters within. Episode 4, New Ghoul on Campus. It's the Springwood Evening News. Kyle Morganhouse, local Springwood High student, recently died in a terrific and terrible tragedy. Police are still investigating exactly what happened. It goes to some random students who we've never seen before. It's literally no one we've seen in the show. And they're like, like, it's just so rough to see a friend gone. And somebody else who's like, who's like, Kyle was always a stand-up guy, man. He was always great. We'll have more for you on this story as it develops. Who's got an idea for themselves before school? Friday of the homecoming stuff. This is David, and I'm playing um, a person by the name of Celine Lancaster. That's the one. The witch. I forgot her name for a second. I'm like, uh, where did I write that down? I got it. So I think we see her sitting. Uh, she's dressed all in black like she always is. Um, maybe she doesn't have her glasses on now, but she usually has big, like, just nerd girl glasses. I think I described her as, like, like older Tina Belcher energy. I think um, you said imagine... Yeah, imagine the uh, the image from the playbook and Tina Belcher were combined with each other. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, so I think she's sitting in, like, grass. Um, and it looks, oh, what beautiful nature. How serene. But then maybe we pull back a little and it's just her backyard, probably. There's, like, I don't know, sandbox next to it or something. And she is trying to... You said this was, like, the morning before school or this is just any time? Okay. So yeah, the, maybe her clothes are wet in the dew and all that. And she is casting a hex. She has she has a, a notebook in her hand, and she is casting a spell. All right. Well, who's who is the target of this spell? And it can also be you, if it's a spell that, to do something to you. So, um, yeah, this is specifically Mr. Carmine's notebook that she swiped from the desk when the fire drill went off or the fire alarm, no drill there. And she's remembering how, in, how uh, he embarrassed Kyle in, in front of the entire detention hall. Uh, I forget exactly how, but I did, did make a note of it, of it. And he has to pay for that embarrassment. What is an element of this hex? Like, what do we see you doing? Are you burning a candle? Are you putting drops of your blood on, on an oaken leaf? What are you doing? Uh, I love both of those. And actually, in fact, I have to expend this token. So maybe there is like a little, like, uh, maybe she takes a candle and like lights a little fire, like, in front of her. And she's going to burn this notebook. And like you said, uh, I love. I'm just gonna make it as stereotypical as possible because you got it right. Like she's she's cutting her palm and dripping the blood into the fire. All right. 
Um, and is this something? This this is a move. Am I correct? Right. All right. So yeah, let's go ahead and have you make this roll, and we'll see. Depending on how this roll, this could go very poorly, or that we could have some extra elements. I want to throw some other stuff at you um, to to ground it, but I don't want to totally pull the rug out from under you in regard to like your spells. Gotcha. So let's see. Yeah, I'm rolling with dark, and that is a seven, a nine. Oh, not, a not nine. quite a ten. All right, so on a mixed success, you can do what? Oh, yes. Okay, good point. Uh, it works, but choose one, and I have three options. Um, it does me a harm, it has weird side effects, or I trigger darkest self. Um, I mean, the most interesting is the weird side effects. I'll go with that. Okay. And then this spell specifically, I that I've cast it, is, is Wither. So... The Hexed lose, loses all of their hair, or their teeth start falling out, or their period arrives unexpectedly heavy. That would be very surprising for him. Um, or their skin gets all sickly yellow and spotty. Whatever the specifics, it's very bad. Okay. Interesting. All right. So uh, what is the... Yuku? So we've seen very little supernatural stuff happen on this show. What is the visual thing that the audience sees that they're like, oh, shit. Celine is a witch. This isn't just her being like, I went to the I went to Hot Topic and then I went to a <laughs> store that sells crystals. I bought bought a sage smudge and now I'm just doing this and I cut myself like what's what what is the little bit more that makes us go like, OK, something something special is happening. Okay, perfect. And we're we're going for like CW style show, right? Yes. All right, great. So, um, oh, just the fire starts burning black when it gets the notebook, and then uh, like the actual flames are black, and the smoke above it turns into like a a he- like a like a star circle satanic thing, a pentagram. Right. That's what they call. It. <laughs> and I think she she's maybe like chanting, um, "Mr. Euripides will feel the the." embarrassment that he did to Kyle tenfold. Mr. Carmine will play just over and over and over again. All right. Um, and I think you mentioned a sandbox. So I'm going to throw out you're not an only child. Sure. That you have a younger sibling. Is that younger sibling a brother or a sister? Um, and this will be a sandbox playing aged sibling. Sure. Um, let's go with a brother. So, so when you're done and you kind of get up and you're like, and you say that exact thing, like Mr. Euripides will feel this, um, you kind of like, you're done with this hex. You know that it's worked. You're pleased with yourself and you go to get up and you just see, uh, your, your younger brother who's maybe Lauren, what's a good sandbox age for a child? I want to <laughs> say like four okay so yeah this kid is like either in kindergarten or just before kindergarten age and they're staring they're staring at you and he's wearing uh he's wearing little oshkosh bagosh type clothes and like overalls yeah he's wearing he's wearing overalls 
and he's looking at he's looking at you and being like, "When are you gonna teach me your mad? When are you gonna teach me magic tricks? I'm old enough, and and you 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 say I'm not allowed allowed not allowed to know magic tricks, and I'm I I want to know them. I'm tired of it." And kicks kicks sand. <laughs> and yeah, she's uh um looking up baby names. I'm expecting though. No. Uh, what let's to go. Expect when you're um, expecting. Oh, Liam. Okay, she's like. Shut up, Liam. Like, you you, almost, you could have ruined my spell. God, go back inside. I want to have spells. I'm not allowed to watch Harry Potter, but I know there's spells, and I want to watch it. And she kind of puts the fire out and she's like, God, you're so annoying. Mom! Sarah's lighting fires in the backyard! <laughs> and uh, Liam runs inside. So that's, what, that's our introduction to Celine's uh, home life. Camera pans in from wide shot of um, of four eleven blonde Lilith, played by me, Lauren, who is just playing around in a abnormally sparkling little pond that happens to have very beautiful flowers and a couple of rather fairy tale looking like toads that happen to also be her best friends and her aunt and uncle. Long story there. Now, do they speak? They do. Of Thank course God. they do. Of course they do. And in the reflection, she's got her feet in the water. She's having a chat with them, which we'll get to in a second. But you can notice in the water, there is almost like an obscured, rippling outlook of the school. And it's like she can like sit there and like swipe almost like... um like images on an iPad and go through and just kind of review things as she explains how odd mortals are to her toad aunt and uncle, which are Buterd and Bia. Yeah, that's their names. That's their names, all right. Um, and so as she is sitting there and trying to reflect on the situation at hand, she is regaling them with the very odd turn of events in the library and trying to determine if that is in fact a normal day of high school. Yeah, so these these two frogs are of course one's on a lily pad, one's on a log. Obviously. Uh, it's Uncle Buterd and Aunt Bia. <laughs> okay. I was wondering So you're like I think it's because these I think it's because these human children are nearing spawning age. That's why they're getting all squirrel all rascally. Maybe. That's possible, Uncle Buterd. I'm not entirely sure. Hiro was just sitting in homeroom and the next thing you know, but let's see what today brings. Maybe everything will make a little bit more sense. There's something to do with a big lake house party tonight, but I don't even know what that is. Am oh. I allowed to wear shoes? Do I have to wear shoes? I don't really and want to wear and shoes. your aunt chimes in and is like, "The whole idea of shoes is is ridiculous." I know we don't even have them over here. I had to bring over a pair just to explain what they were. Legs are legs are why legs are a creature's best feature. Look at these bad boys! <laughs> and she stretches out her legs. Um, if you're going to a if you're going to a lake house, you're not going to want to wear any kind of shoes, unless you're concerned about your feet and how they're not webbed as much as you'd like them to be. <laughs> No, they're not nearly as webbed when I'm in the mortal realm. It's true. It's very well. disappointing. But 
yep, there I am in my best cottagecore outfit and um, grabbing my uh, backpack, for lack of better words. It's really just a leather satchel and about to be on my merry way. All right. Well, if, if you do end up at that lake, keep in mind, might not be ready to know what somebody who uh, really knows about the water is all about, or about the forest. Mm-hmm. So why don't you, uh, old Uncle Buteford mm-hmm. says, now why don't you uh, go ahead and make sure that you stay as in, in tune and as in touch with, with your surroundings as possible the whole time. Be careful. Those boys out there, girls too. Wily. I'd say squirrely, but I've had a change of heart about squirrels in the last couple years. And um, I just do what normal teenage adventurous kids do and roll my eyes, sigh, and then just tra-la-la along. And then walk off, and uh, you don't really know how I get into the realm. I'm not going that way yet. <laughs> right. As you walk away, you can hear, like, you and the squirrels. I get it. A squirrel moves in next door, and this is all we hear about? <laughs> so me, Eduardo, um, I'm playing Everett, um, and Everett has a ritual um, every morning that he... Uh, completes just to get his mind together um, before school. And so, you know, I guess we're like panning from person to person, like TV montage, all that stuff. So this this time you, um, whenever we're panning away from Lilith, it kind of like just phases through one of the mirrors. It's not that she walked through it, but it phases through one of the mirrors to get into the school. And then you just kind of travel past the burnt library, past the detention room, all that stuff. And it kind of like just shoots up really quick, like through the floor, through the ceiling, and like maybe 20 feet above into the air. Um, And all you see is him like legs crossed and he's writing in his notebook, but he's floating upside down and then just kind of like lowering really, really slowly. Um, And you know, his bag, he like always has this messenger bag. His bag is like upside down. He's always wearing this big like jacket that like looks too big on him with a hood. The hood is like floating upside down and he slowly just turns. Um, and wherever like the big clock is in this very suburban like school, like their clock tower, um, he like phases through it. And while he's phasing, everything like turns right side up. And um, right before he hits the floor, his, you know, his legs starts, you know, he straightens out and it's, it's like he wasn't floating at all. And he finishes writing and he's like in a room. And I'm sure no one's been in this room for a very long time. That's how I'll describe the room. Um, it, you know, it's just got desks stacked up and like books in a corner. And, and um, yeah, he just opens this door, puts his, you know, book away opens this door and um there's a stairwell and he just goes down the stairwell and you know maybe 15 20 minutes before school starts you just see him walk in the halls and lots of lockers lots of like messing with signs and stuff Ooh, so what if that room is like a storeroom 
mm-hmm. that um, was is just full of like older stuff. So while you're there, a lot of the things around you are much, much older. And you open this door and you kind of walk through it. But we as the audience see that that door that you walked through is like maybe not a regular door in some capacity or another. Maybe yeah. something has been built over what had been a door and you're passing Ooh. through what would be like a more solid object. And in fact, I think this is where there are some new lockers that have been put up. Mm-hmm. Love that. Like pass through some of these lockers. Um, we see you open a door on one side and go through yes. it. And on the other side, you just pass through what is what looks like a solid wall of these closed lockers. And this is before yes. anyone's really arrived at school. So not surprisingly, Everett's the first person here. Yes, that is correct. Every morning, I'm the first person here. Oh. And like, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and the first person you usually encounter is, we've called him a janitor, and we've also called him a librarian. A librarian, right. Mikkel is Mikkel. Yeah, Mikkel. I feel like what positions do they have because they could have both of them, but it would be an odd situation. Well, it's like the it's gym teacher being, it's like the gym p- teacher being the history teacher. You know what I mean? Like they, they, he's just doing double duty in this school. You know what I'm saying? Um, so he could be the librarian and the custodian or whatever. Like okay. he could do both. Um, oh, but okay. yeah, he's, I, I feel like he's the only one I purposely have to dodge. Yes. Because I, I, I don't want em, him to ever see me. Yeah. So I think arrive. This, is a, this one's a close call. So you just mm. popped out there and he's like, and I don't remember vo- what voice I gave him last time, but I'm like, he says, oh, Everett. Oh, you're here. Looks at his watch. You're here early. I mean, early as usual, but still. Yeah, uh, well, I saw one of the doors was unlocked, um, and I was like, oh, wait, I forgot my notebook. And he, like, pulls out his notebook. You know, I go everywhere with this thing. He's like, the door was unlocked. Yeah, it happened. just slipped in, because I just unlocked that door. Do you have, like, do you have tutoring or something going on? No, no, uh, I mean... You know, after, and he like leans in a little bit. And when he leans, remember he has his glasses, mm-hmm. like they start to lower just a little. And then he like raises them up. He's like, oh, well, you know, ever since the fire, everybody's been really nervous about, you know, pranksters. And he, and he like points oh, yeah. at him. He's like, we can't, we can't have any pranksters running around here. Absolutely. So I wanted to make sure I just grabbed my stuff early. I didn't want to be like associated. I can't go back to detention. I just can't go back. It, it's not, it's not a place for me, you know? And he kind of nods and he gets much more somber about it because he was there when this occurred with you guys. And uh, he kind of nods and is like, well, keep your nose clean, Everett. Uh, Yeah, let's not have you in detention. And maybe maybe next time around, go through the front office or. You know what? That's a great idea. That is a great idea. And that's why we look up to you. And then he like doesn't pat him on the back, but he like waves. Um, and Everett's wearing like um, like overalls, and he's got like a really bright shirt. Um, and then he's got this jacket over it, so like it might. He seems displaced. How old do you think this uh, custodian is, like or librarian? 
Uh, yeah, the, and I, because I work at a school, I'm trying to come up with a reasonable reason for why this person has both of these positions. <laughs> yes, I know, I love it. It's very unnecessary, so if you see me going like, huh, what would this guy's position be? Um, <laughs> I'm dying. Yeah, so uh, I imagine this person would probably be in their, like, 40s or 50s. So this is this is an older, uh, like a middle-aged guy. And so he, he, he probably sees a brand name or something that's older than what I should be wearing. Okay. That's I'm just wanted to sure. give oh, that no. to you. Maybe maybe he throws that out there. He's like he's like, Oh, I uh, I like that jacket. I think I used to have one of those when I was your age. And he like stops, you know, walked away. Hmm? Vintage, huh? Vintage. Yeah. I yeah. you know, there's a lot of thrift stores in town. My family's very thrifty. It's like, well, fashion's uh Fashion cyclical, some people say. So, yeah. just comes I mean, back around. Yeah, just comes. Everything in, comes back around. <laughs> maybe if you have a kid, what I'm wearing will be in style for them. Anyway, Everett, have a good day. And again, keep your nose clean. I will. And he like wipes his nose as a joke, like haha, adult puns. Like <laughs> you're funny. Yeah. He does what I do to kids. That he does when he doesn't know what to say to them. He just gives them a thumbs up. <laughs> um. Yeah. Perfect. And as you walk away, I think he kind of like eyes you a little bit of like, what's going on? And then when you walk, as you as you walk away, he goes over to the door. He assumes you came in and is like, this door's still locked. Yep. Are you tired of fancy French wines with names you can't pronounce? Are you tired of spending 50 bucks at some store where a guy with a girl's name keeps judging you? I'm Anthony Scucciani, and I'm here to bring you the finest wine Hoboken, New Jersey has to offer. In 1998, no one believed you could make wine in Hoboken. Where would you even grow the grapes, they said. Well, who needs to grow them? Can't you buy grape juice? Scucciani Vineyards brings the vino of the Italian countryside to you. And yes, I can call it vineyard even if I don't grow the grapes. It's still grape juice, right? Come on. Scucciani Reserve, available only at the Walgreens on 5th and Waldorf. My buddy Joey is the manager there, and he said we could sell this stuff, but the rest of the Walgreens are being real assholes about it. So, Scucciani Reserve. Good wine? I mean, forget about it. Scucciani Reserves contains minimal amounts of lead. Scucciani Vineyard's name pending appeal to 3rd Circuit Court. Kate, what do, what do we see about Emily? Okay, uh, I'm Kate. I play Emily Westmore, a mortal. Um, I see Emily um, in her bedroom, uh, which is currently lit by candles. Notes the morning, and she should be getting ready for school. Um, she's got, you know, Japanese metal band posters and and like nightwish posters and things like that all over her room and she's like rocking out to the japanese metal but she's also got this shrine that she's built in the corner of her room and currently it houses a picture of kyle morganhouse um you see ripped up photos kind of like thrown by the trash can of like multiple other people 
and it looks like she needs to clean her room as well. Um, but right now she's just um, crying over the shrine and then going to the mirror to reapply her copious amounts of eyeliner. Um, she has two parents and she is an only child. Her parents are both dentists. They're very boring people. They dress in beige. The house is very, very clean and very boring. And her room is kind of like this otherworldly place within the house. And that is what she's doing at the moment. I love the emotion behind everything that's happening. Oh, see, I, like... love, I love the parents being both being dentists. <laughs> that to me is phenomenal. <laughs> and they didn't meet at dentist school. No. They met at something like way more boring. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they both went to the same, uh, J, uh, like, jp morgan chase like uh tax time timeshare uh purchasing yeah event. they were at a tax uh timeshare thing um but yeah so you're you're up there you're crying you're reapplying your makeup it's so much you're 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 like at near pink eye level of like too much eye makeup um and you hear your mom who um did you ever see Better Off Ted, that show? I haven't. Okay. Um, Portia de Rossi plays a character in that show that's really, really good. Who One of the things she talks about is how she slicks her hair back into a bun so it's super tight on her head so it squeezes out all the emotion out of her. <laughs> out of her. And so I imagine that. Oh, you remember in um, Rugrats, Angelica's mom? Yes. So that woman is downstairs and is like, Emily. Oh my God, mom, what? This is Dr. Westmore, DDS. <laughs> uh, she's like, she's like, your father already left for his practice and I'm gonna have to leave for mine soon. So if you don't get down here, if you don't get down here, you're gonna have to find your own way to school. And if I find out that you didn't make it to school, that's going to be something, miss. Oh my god, mom. My boyfriend is dead. And I think that kind of puts her on her back. Oh, ooh. Hold on. Fuck it. We haven't engaged these mechanics enough. I think you're shutting your mom down. Oh, all right. Yeah, I think you're shutting your mom down. Not in a, like, shut up, mom, you bitch. But, like, in a, hey, mom, my boyfriend's dead. Okay, so what do I need to do? So you're gonna roll two six-sided dice and then eat a frog. No, um, shut Don't someone my down. Uncle. My uncle. Um, so you'll roll two six-sided dice and you will add to that. What the hell do you add to it? Oh, cold. So take your result from those two six-sided dice and add your cold bonus. Alright, I got a nine. You got a nine. On a seven to nine, you'll choose one from the list below. But you come across poorly and they give you a condition in return. Ooh. So, they lose a string on you. I mean, they're your parents, so... But weirdly, they don't have any strings on you, because we don't have that in the fiction yet. Um, if they have no strings on you, you gain one on them. So you could gain a string on your mom. Some kind of, like, mechanical leverage on your mom. Um, they gain a condition, 
or you could take plus one forward, meaning next time you have to do a role relating to your mom, Dr. Westmore, DDS, um, then in that case, you would get a bonus to dealing with her in some way or another. So, um, but you're going to get a condition. You could give her a condition. You could get a string on her, or you could get a bonus next time you deal with her mechanically. I'm going to take that bonus, I think. The condition that I think your mom's going to give you is she's going to feel like she's going to feel kind of sad about this. And uh, she's going to give you the condition of um, like a delicate flower. Does that make sense, David? Like where she just views you as like, oh, you're just too delicate. You're just too you're you're too sweet and too too caring and uh but your mom is like she comes up and you hear you hear some quiet for a little while there's some walking um it's on the steps it's not like plush carpeted but it's they got the fancy carpet that like is where it meets the each of the steps and there's quiet for a little bit though you can hear that she's walking up there and she she knocks ever so quietly, as if the two of you weren't just talking to one another. And she's like, Emily, I'm... I know this has got to be hard, uh, but... If you stay here locked up in your room, and if you just listen to sad music, that might be the only thing that you uh, you might fixate on this. And as, as terrible as it sounds, you have to keep living your life. I want what's best for you. You don't and understand, Mom. He was the love of my life. I've never loved anybody like I loved him. And she'll, she tries to, um, I don't know how much I want her to be Angelica's mom at this, but she like awkwardly kind of, are you sitting at a desk, sitting in a chair, sitting on your bed? I am like throwing yourself the, in bed. I am sitting. I guess she could have a vanity. I'm sitting at a vanity. Okay. I think your mother pulls up another chair or pulls up something to sit next to you and tries to put her arm around you and says, love is always something that's tough to lose. No matter, no matter how that happens. And I'm, I'm sorry that you had to go through this. And this is what happened to what happened to Kyle was terrible. But I'm sure Kyle wouldn't want to see you always so sad. So if you need if you need more time, I have to go to I've got to go to work. <laughs> she, she'll keep saying my practice. I have to go to my practice. And if you want, uh, I can Ven Venmo you some money to get an Uber to go to school. Just please. Try not to be later than second period. Okay, mom. Thanks. You've got a you've got a bright future ahead of you, Emily. I know this is sad, but I want you to. Kyle you always to... thought I looked so pretty when I cried. Oh. You always look pretty, although I don't like to see you cry. And she uh, she kind of gives you a 
they're there. And uh, then she she heads out to work. And I think to, to strike the Angelica's mom thing, like you hear her on the cell phone, like on her cell phone as she's leaving. Yeah. She's like, it's an overbite. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. What do you like mean the, the Invisalign order won't be in until next week? Exactly. I need them now. <laughs> it got shipped to the other dentist in town. Oh, we're going to have words. We're going to have, well... Well, Dr. Westmore and I are going to have to speak about that. All right. So our last shot, our last intro scene that we have of everybody coming to get, uh, like heading into school is actually at the school itself. So we see that the school is, it's a hustling and a bustling. There's a lot of people coming in, coming in. Uh, there's a bus that pulls up and drops people off. Um, in my head, I'm now going back through our high school, Carl, of where the hell the buses dropped us off. And I'm just kind of now remembering, um, I got a vague picture. Yeah. It, it, it isn't at the most dramatic point. The most dramatic place would be in front of the Davis building, which like is the building that looks like the big facade of the school. So in this, of course, that's where buses drop people off. Um, so there's a big like there's a busload of like underclassmen and they get off the bus and they're walking around and they got their books. And there's a few other cars. If somebody pulls up, we see uh, Keith Batari and, uh, and Ashley St. Clair and um, Keith's driving a super dope car. It's a, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a challenger. He's fucking Vin Dieseling it up to the up to the front of the school, and uh, it's all about family. Um, and he pulls up, and and she's like, "I can't wait for the party." Like you hear her just say, "Like I can't wait for the party tonight, Keith." That's I'm so excited. It's gonna you're gonna love my parents' lake place. And he's like, "Yeah, sounds awesome." We just have to kick. We just have to kick uh, Central High's ass tonight in the big game. And uh, we see scattered about, uh, perhaps not Kate, uh, per, uh, I'm sorry, perhaps not Emily, because she's coming here later, but she could come in in a little bit if she so desires. But we've got Everett, Celine, and Lilith kind of somewhere about where they can see this. And a new face arrives, someone that they haven't seen ever before. Renato Urban just looks exactly like young Rick Astley. And he, he's he got swag when he walks. He wears sunglasses that are, look a little too big if they were anyone else, but on him they look just right. All right. Is, got, is like, he wearing a trench coat? He's not a school shooter, so no. He's got, <laughs> like a, he's got like a, he's already got like this high school's jacket on, even though you've never seen him before. Um, and he's got like slightly too big headphones, but again, on him, they don't look too big. They just look kind of cool. And he takes them off, and like some K-pop, like really bouncy K-pops, playing on him. And he sort of puts them back in their custom case. And he's already flanked on two sides by guys you do know who are like pretty cool. They're like higher up in the social tier. And they're like chatting, and they're all laughing at his jokes and stuff as he's walking down the hall. Yeah, this is a person you've never seen before, and yet all these other people seem to be kind of like swarming around him of like, whoa, who's this? Whoa, hey, you're new. So, yeah, somebody comes up and says, 
Whoa! You're new. <laughs> You're new to Springwood High? Never seen you before. My name's. <laughs> I my immediate desire to come up with the jokiest name possible, and it was Jork. <laughs> uh... Oh no, it should be Jork. Um, yeah. And like he says, uh, I, I'm Jork. And like he gets the customary yeah. snickers from some people at the lockers next to him, like a couple of girls. Renato is like, hey man, Jork, it's great to meet you. Bro, I love your name. You know, that actually rhymes with Bjork, and she's one of the most influential musicians of our times. And like he like rants eloquent about her for like 30 seconds, talking about like, yo man, that's an honor. Like she, she's been an idol of mine, and hey man, that's cool. You do you. And like as he walks away, like this kid looks like happier than he's looked in weeks. And all the, the girls' lockers like, oh, uh, oh, maybe he's maybe he's uh, Icelandic. This yeah. Your kid. Yeah, I think somebody looks at that and is like, I. This is this is this is what I'm immediately going to start with. Um, oh, what was her name? Carol. We see Carol Hamilclar turn and is like. Um, she just says to another person who's near her near her locker, and she goes. Did you just hear that? That new kid is related to Bjork, some kind of Icelandic <laughs> superstar. I think she's the president. Yeah, and they like look at they like look Bjork up and they're like, "Oh, that totally makes sense. Oh, she's huge. She was in a weird movie." Yeah. So, yeah, all of you guys see this person come in as well. And, uh, and this is it's kind of a big deal. There's a lot of people who are like, whoa, this is nuts. So um, I would say Everett um, is kind of like, he's not in his notebook, but he has it with him. He's walking through the halls and he does notice the commotion. And um, I, remind me, his name was Alad, the kid that was like sitting behind me, I think. It's Allah right? or Alad Jocaster. Alad. I'll, 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 I'll say Alad, yeah. And a lot like comes out of nowhere and like reaches to like touch, touch my shoulder. And I notice him and I kind of swerve him and I'm like, Hey, and he's like, hey. did you see the new kid? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Did you see that? New and, kid? Um, Somebody. I, yeah. He's related to some kind of uh, ice queen superstar lady. Super starly, uh, something about music, right? Like she does music yeah, or something. Like she's a, she's like an elf who does music, and she's super important. She was in some mm, kind of movie about um, being blind. Uh, could you? I I don't personally like know her stuff. Can you look up? Maybe like later we can like sit down and listen to it. He's like trying not to show interest, but like mm -hmm. the music sounds cool. Let's oh. listen to the music later. Yeah, you 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 could look that up, right? A lot, like that's not hard yeah. for you. Yeah, and he he pulls out his phone and he's like, "Yeah, I'll pull, pull up some some Bjork right now." Yeah, okay. Like during lunch, you want to sit together and maybe like listen to it. Does that sound I, cool? Oh yeah. Hold on. Now, are you trying to turn someone on here? A little bit. It sounds like it. Yeah. That's right, what so it sounds ahead. like? Yes, it does sound like that. So go ahead and roll 2d6. Add the result uh, to your hot uh, no, that, bonus. That didn't land anywhere near me. Boo! Oh, I failed so hard. <laughs> and it's a negative. I got a three, baby. <laughs> oh, that is rough. 
That's that such is, a hard fail. That is such a hard fail. Because usually it's like, no, I got a yep. five. It's like that kind of a thing. A three is a... Is a no, I have a negative. Oh, Woof. My. Ghosts okay. are not hot, guys. Ghosts are not hot. Damn not it. Hot. Um, yeah. <laughs> jork. This, all this awkward... Jork, this awkward... Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. dumb. I love it. Um, and I think all of Jocaster is like, like, oh yeah, that sounds, that sounds great to listen to at lunch. And, um, you hear, I don't know what oh. happens on a fail, by the way. I don't know what happens. Um, you, get an experience. you do get an experience point. Yes. So you get an experience oh, point. Nice. Um, but then just something generally bad happens and it engages, it pushes me to do certain other things. So I think while you're, while you're talking, um, somebody calls all like over, and he's like, he's like, yeah, that sounds great. I'll I'll, I'll see you at lunch, and um, you see them go over, or you see him go over to this person, and this person is a um, like a girl who is definitely in involved in like theater stuff, and. Is Olive the one who ran away to broad to try to go to Broadway? No, that wasn't him. No, that wasn't him. It was a it was a girl, yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot is the one that is secretly gay. Secretly gay. All right. Well, secretly I'm gonna say, gay. Secretly gay. So, <laughs> um, you you see him like with somebody who's in involved in some of the theater stuff, and they're kind of like talking. And you very you can't hear them, but you can tell they're talking about you for sure. And um, mm -hmm. I think uh, the interaction just kind of ends with Allah just kind of looking a little bit crestfallen. And then the two of them walk away. The Young and the Monstrous, a Monster Hearts actual play podcast from This American Dice. The Young and the Monstrous is Carl as Kyle the Ghoul, David as Celine the Witch, Eduardo as Everett the Ghost, Lauren as Lilith the Fae, and Austin is your Game Master. Cover art is by Blair. Monster Hearts is a game by Avery Adler. The Young and the Monstrous airs here on This American Dice every Thursday, so don't forget to check us out each week. Rate, review, like, subscribe. Check out our Facebook group, The Whole Nine Yards, and let us know what you think. Every five-star review on iTunes will read on the air. Our intro and outro music, of course, is Deep State by Vans in Japan. Additional music for this episode included Symmetry of Sleeplessness by Dan Bowden, Brushed Bells in the Wind by Daniel Birch, Through and Through by Amulets, Time is Running Out by Jeremy Corpus, Addict Instrumental by N-E-F-F-E-X, Nefix perhaps? And Lament of the Ancients by Asher Falero. See you next week. And... Now go Lumberjacks! Alright, let me yank out some of my eyelashes. Like our one of our teachers in high school, then eat them. Carl, do you remember that? Thankfully, no. Do we want to say who's playing? 
That's uh, just when you introduce your character and say like, oh, everyone's no problem. Blah, blah, like, like I'm Eduardo, um, five foot 10, whatever it is. Got it. 10 foot. You're 10 foot four. 